some material on what it means to be married in Christ Jesus. I've also been teaching, and of course I teach Friday morning at 6, a Bible study on what it means to be the people of God through the book of Acts. And so that, I knew, was in my system, in my spirit, in my mind, in my soul when I went to bed. And as I've told my men, every great truth that I've ever learned, God gives it to me in my sleep. And so I've learned when I wake up and just something's on me heavy, I jump right up. Because in years past, I'd think, oh, I can remember that. And now I jump right up, I go to my desk, I get my notebook, and I write it down. And that's why these notes are not in your message notes, because the bulletin was printed on Thursday morning. I got these Friday morning. Write it down. Always remember. And I think you should see it up here, too. Always remember. Whatever God intended to be most important in my life, the devil wants me to think it is less important. Whatever God intended to be most important in my life, we know that God created us for Him. The devil wants me to think it is less important. See, we know what's most important in our life when we come to Christ, and that's God. And let's say where I have my hands right now, that's loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But you know what the devil wants to do in your life? And he's very patient. He just wants that to be lowered a little. He just wants, when trouble comes in your life, for you to become distracted, you get discouraged, and so you don't feel like spending time before him. You just feel bad. And he just wants you to drift down where God's not very important. And all of a sudden, you've gone from one day to weeks to months to quarters. So you can't even remember the last time you were on your knees before God. You can't even remember the last time you prayed with your spouse or your children. It doesn't matter if you say, I love God, I believe God. He just wants you to drift. And see, that's what God was trying to warn through the Apostle Paul, the church at Corinth. Read this verse, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. In NIV, it's the word schemes. The English word is methods. See, the devil's methods is whatever God intended to be most important in my life, he just wants you to think of it as less important. Now, second principle to write down, to understand how the devil is trying to rip us off. Number two, whatever God intended to bring the greatest enrichment, to be most precious, and to be the greatest blessing in my life, the devil wants to steal from my life. Whatever God intended to bring the greatest enrichment, that's Him. To be the most precious, that's Him. And to be the greatest blessing, that's Him in my life. The devil wants to steal from my life. What did Jesus say? John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, though, 
that you might have life and have it abundantly. See, when the thief breaks in your business or your home, he doesn't go steal the half-used roll of toilet paper. He doesn't go get the half-used tube of toothpaste. He comes to steal what's most important in your life. How does he do this? Often he does it in trouble. Often he does it in difficulty. Often he does it in those things in life you say, well, God, I'm loving you. How would you let this happen in my life? And what happens is he just steals the preciousness of Jesus in your life. He just wants you to get over Jesus. He wants to see your trouble greater than Jesus. He wants you to feel sorry for yourself. He wants you to have a pity party. He wants you to even question, God, are you there? And then write down the third principle of the devil in his attacks against us. Whatever newness God has brought to my life, the devil wants it to fade and become old in my life. Whatever newness God has brought to my life, and by the way, everything God brings to our life is new. There's nothing he brings old to our life. Everything in God's Word is either good or it's new. Whatever newness God has brought to my life, the devil wants to, it to fade and become old in my life. Let me just fly you through Scripture. Like I say, everything, if you look at what God does in your life, it's either good or it's new. Now, using the word new, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. Fly through the Old Testament, Psalm 40, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Where are you? Remember when you first received Christ? You love God than you've ever loved Him before? Do you hunger for His Word more than you ever do? Can you not wait to get to church to worship with God's people and to study His Word and to encourage one another? Or has the devil been successful? See, that's what the devil wants to do. He can't steal your salvation once you're saved because God secures that in Jesus. But he can scheme against you so you get over it. I remember when I was 20, 30, even 40, I'd run into preachers that were 60 and 70, and they'd say, Phil, I know you're excited about Jesus now. I just heard you preach. 
but you just wait a few years. You had not been run over by the bus enough time. You, I want to see you when you're 50. I want to see you when you're 60. Because life just has a way of beating you down. I'm glad by the grace of God I've never loved Jesus more in my life than I have today. I'm glad when I study his word with men at times and I'm preaching, I get to weeping because my heart's overflowing. And I want you to know, God wants to lift you up today wherever you are. If you're down in a garbage dump, the grace of God can catch you and lift you up. I've been telling you that I've been writing a book on what are you saved for? Because I'm convinced the church is confused. I'm convinced that the devil would score triple A's on bringing people down to where God saved them to be. So in this one chapter entitled, What Were You Saved For? The Lord convicted me just to start one day in Matthew 1 and just start looking at the pages. This is not exhaustive because there's over 5,500 promises and commands in the Bible. And I just ended up with a list of 7,800. And I told you last week I was going to give them all to you, but it took me an hour and 45 minutes just to proofread it. And I thought, most people have never spent an hour and 45 minutes in a quiet time. And I don't want to give you all this gold and you just throw it on the shelf. So I thought I'd give it to you like I feed my children, a bite at a time. And it's going to taste so good, hopefully you can't wait to come back next week and I'll give you another bite. So I want you to take this insert out. And it says at the top, we were saved to have a new. And I want you to write these words in, and I'm going to show you how this works. We were saved to have a new presence. See, a new presence. That's the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit's presence, then you'll have a new perspective. You'll see life from God's Word, not through circumstances and feeling. You'll have a new purpose. Because with this perspective, now you understand you were created and redeemed to know God better than anything and to make him known to others. And you have a new power to complete that purpose. It's the Holy Spirit. And out of the Holy Spirit ruling in your life, you experience his peace instead of all those other horrible things, worry and fear and anxiousness. And you have a preeminence in your life. He's first and foremost. And you live in his provision. That is, you live by the promises of God's Word. Now, I want you to know, I didn't just put those down in any order. That's actually the order of the first seven sentences there that says you were saved. Because on every one of these sentences, then what I'm going to give you as an activity this week, as you go through these, just to think about, okay, down here it says you were saved to be a worker in the Lord's harvest. What is that? Well, that's perspective. See, I'm not just here for me, I'm here for him. That changes my perspective. That changes my purpose. And I know I have his provision and power to be able to do that. But here's what we're going to do. And by the way, in the first service, you know, sometimes I shoot and I don't know if it's going to hit. Well, I'm telling you, it hit the bullseye. I don't care where you are. The Spirit of God's about to hit you with His grace and love. Let's stand up. I'm going to show you what I mean. If you didn't come with great expectation, it's going to be raised right now by the Spirit of God. If not, you're just dead. 
I mean, you're not only spiritually dead, you need to take a, a pulse. You're probably dead there too. All right, here we go. This is how we're going to do this. All of the men, 22 and older, 22 and older, and I'm not saying, men, that you that are 20 or 21 are not a man. I'm just trying to equal us up. So because we read this, I want us to have an equal audience. So all the men, 22 and up, you're going to read the front page. And the rest of us are just going to follow along but listen. Some of us, when we read, we can't quite listen as well as when we listen. And others, when we read, we can hear better. So I'm just going to cover us all. The men are going to read the front page. Then, ladies, you're going to read the inside page. Then, students, that's children, students up through 21, you're going to read the third page. And then all of us are going to read the back page. Now, notice in the back page it stops with Romans 8.34. So I can tell you next week when I do this again, it's going to start with Romans 8.35. And I'm going to get you, this is going to take, you know, many weeks. And I'm going to give you a bite every week. So you keep these. So here we go. Ready, men? I'm going to start you, and then I want to listen to you. So remember, the, the key on this is we do this together. We don't have a leader. We don't have followers. We're together. You ready? Here we go. You were saved to be radically changed. Question. Has the devil been successful in your life? Now, I could add another 5,400 things. I mean, I can blow you away. Not me blow you away. God can blow you away. It's what you were saved for. But you know it's true. Most Christians, where they live, I'd even need a shovel to dig a hole. But you know what the good news is? If you're in the deepest hole today, God's deeper than any hole. That's the good news for you, buddy. I don't care where you are. God's deeper, amen? You were saved to be lifted out of the pit and restored. See, you can be seated. That's why. Look at your message notes. That's why. On October 23rd, 1993, the first Sunday we ever came as West County Community Church, we were excited. I mean excited. People were there. There was not one person late that day at church. We told them we're starting, whatever time it was, 10, 10, 30, 11, and there was a crowd outside of Lafayette High School. No one was going to be late like I was watching the news Thursday night at 6 o'clock before the Rams game and there were all these businessmen that had taken their coats and ties off. They had lost all dignity. They had their face painted blue. They had all this stuff, Rams uh, hoofs and all kinds of things, horns. I mean it's amazing when men get excited about something. And they were tailgating. They said we got to go to work in the morning. But we'll stay up till two or three tonight, win or lose, because we love the Rams. They were excited. Hey, I've done everything I can, my wife too, to raise sons that have wisdom and 
think soundly and wisely in life. But, you know, I have sons that so love Chick-fil-A that when a Chick-fil-A opens here, they'll spend the whole night in the car just so they can be the first in line. And you know what that means? They're excited about Chick-fil-A. They're excited about Chick-fil-A. Are you excited about Jesus? You know why we don't have a quiet time? You know why we don't seek Him in prayer? You know why the most precious time in our life as we seek Him all week long that He said, don't forsake coming together, but just look around this room. There's a lot of empty chairs. You know why? Because the devil has been successful. It came with a disappointment. It came with a discouragement. It came with a challenge. It came with a problem. And the devil says, it's okay that you call yourself a Christian. It's okay that you say you love Jesus. I don't care what you say. I'll just have it kind of fade in your life. You just go to church once a month. I'm telling you, you watch it. When this ballet, ballet comes, we'll lock the doors. We won't let anyone in here till 6.15. Let's say it starts at 7. I forget what time it starts. But we'll, we'll back it up an hour. And there'll be a line of people out in the parking lot because they want to get close to see the ballet. You know what they're saying? I'm excited about the ballet. But many of those people only come to church here once a month or, or once, a, once a quarter. Why? Because they're more excited about peewee sports. Well, I'm meddling now, aren't I? You know why our children grow up and fall away from the church? Because they're confused when they come here. Pastor Phil say, we ought to be excited about Jesus. But they watch our walk. And we confuse them. I'm telling you, church family, God wants you to count Him as most precious in your life. He doesn't say love Him with some of your heart. Does He ever? He says love Him with all of your heart. These that are going to be baptized in just a few minutes, when they go under the water, they're saying, as Jesus died for them, they've repented. They, that's the old in their life. Now it's He that's first in their life. So they're laying down their life as we sing. Make sure you sing that song if you're around when my funeral comes. Lay me down. I want it to be a happy time. I want it to be a glorious time. I want you to sing God is able that no matter what comes in your life, it's not enough to bring you down, baby. God is sufficient and sovereign in my life. I live by his word, not by my circumstance or feeling. I don't live by what others do. I live by who he is. I got six amens there. Bless our hearts. I got a man here that he asks me nearly every week, is it going to be good? It's like it's on me. Is it going to be good, preacher, or I won't come? Let me tell you, how can it not be perfect when it's the Word of God? That's why I say it'll be the best you've ever heard. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about I know I'm going to give the Word of God, so how else can it not be the best? See, we declared, look at it there, 1A, we declared, we are committed. Now, in one year, and just right over that word, we changed it to surrendered because we realized we had chosen a bad word, committed. Because, see, we're committed to everything. I'm committed today to turn the TV on, TV on and watch what game around 2 o'clock? The Redbirds. Oh, boy, you're excited about that. You knew that answer. And you know what? I'm excited. 
my wife and children can tell you if they're not doing what they ought to do if they just don't use their brain I'm talking to them in my living room as if they can hear me I'm saying you dumb bunny what were you thinking why didn't you send him why didn't you hold him why didn't you use two hands to catch that ball you had three balls on you and he's just walked the last two guys and then you just struck at a ball out here why didn't you just take a walk I mean I talked to him I'm in the game I'm a coach at heart because I'm excited about the Redbirds I'm just as excited as any of you I will not paint my face <laughs> if you do that that's not excitement that's called foolishness and the Bible says when you grow up you grow up and be a man you don't stay a kid when I was little I painted myself that's free okay that wasn't even in the message but see read it with me and let's put surrendered in there we are surrendered to be a dynamic community of faith which is endeavoring to impact the world by experiencing living modeling and communicating authentic faith in the Lord Jesus Christ increasingly our intention is to become fully a worshiping caring and sharing community exalting the Savior a learning community equipping the Saints an influential community evangelizing the world and those of you that are going to be baptized you need to go now you need to go now and get ready because we're going to be ready for you in five minutes see write it in there church family the bullet see we said that because we were excited about God's newness in our lives we were excited about God's newness in our lives because see we had come out of a situation in a church where they were very confused they were confused that they had had come down and missed that we're to be living in the presence of God we're to be living with his perspective we're to be living with his purpose we're to be living with his passion for lost people we're to be living with his power in our lives and so on that first Sunday that we met we said we are here to be gods we understand we've come from a church that they think it's all about them no it's not about us it's about him and boy we were pumped in fact that day and it was October 23rd so there was national football going on there was baseball going on there were all these things the same thing but I'm telling you that day people didn't leave for an hour to two hours after the service they were so devoted to God and to each other and they were so pumped you know what the devil says he says that's okay that you believe that that's okay that you say that I just want to bring you down see question as we close since you have come to West County Community Church and you just think about whenever you came where is your excitement level now you know what your excitement level is of how important something is to you that's where you know your excitement level is how important is it see I can say how excited are you daily to have a quiet time 
to be in the Word. How, how excited are you to be on your knees and pray with your spouse? How excited are you? Whatever. And I'll tell you what the answer there is. Is, is that a priority in your life? If that's not a priority in your life, then the devil has been successful in your life and he's brought your excitement level down. See, there's only two ways to live in your life. Galatians 5.16 tells us of those two ways. We studied that several months ago. We either what, men? Walk in the Spirit or we walk in the flesh. And here's the tragedy in every Christian I've ever known, and I'm talking about this one too. I mean, every Christian I've ever known, Henry Blackaby, is going to be in conference teaching and experiencing God. I've known Henry Blackaby since I was 24. When I was 26, we prayed about working together. I've known Henry Blackaby before he wrote the book Experiencing God. I've been with Henry Blackaby when he's not teaching any conferences. I know Henry Blackaby. And I would say this, this is true about Henry, and Henry would say it's true about me, that we've lived more of our life like we studied last Sunday. Remember, we studied the three categories that every person in the world fits in those. Let's see if you remember. We turned to 1 Corinthians 2, remember, and we said, in the world, there is the, what was the first category? The natural man or woman. That's the lost man or woman. They don't have Christ. They just do the best they know how. If you don't have Christ in your life, that's your category. You're the natural man. You're just doing the best you know how. Then the second category was the spiritual man, spiritual woman. That's the person that receives Christ by the person of the Holy Spirit and, and gets it. Now they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And now they have learned to walk under the authority of God's Word. They have learned to be captured and controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit-filled life, and they live by the Word of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit. They live with His presence. They live with His purpose. They live with His peace. They live with His power. They live with His preeminence. They live with His purpose. They live step by step in Jesus. But then there was the third category. And what was that category? Carnal is the NIV. Worldly is King James. I looked it up this week just to see again because it had been several years. And actually the English, for you that have the English version, and it says... Those of the flesh, that's the actual word in the Greek. That is, we receive Christ, we say, in our life by grace through faith, but we go back and we live by the flesh, not by the Spirit. Now, when you live by the flesh, you're just a yo-yo. You're up and down, you're distracted, you're defeated, you're discouraged, and that's where I say, including me, as I look back at my life, so much of my life I have been living by the flesh, not by the Spirit. Finally, Paul even asked that question. You live by the flesh so long, you need to take a test and even see if you're in the Spirit. Because Paul says, I don't know, so you take the test. And the test is the Word of God, because Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. And if your fruitfulness does not show that the Spirit of God is at work in you, and here's how you know, when you're walking in the flesh, when I'm walking in the flesh and the Spirit of God because He's in me, guess what? There's a huge war going on. 
I can't sleep, I can't eat, I can't do anything. Because the Spirit of God that is faithful when I'm faithless is working in me. And I have to get right with Him. I have to, and what's right, I have to yield my life to Him. I have to surrender to Him. I have to say, yes, Lord, Thy will be done in my life. If you don't have that in your life and you call yourself a Christian, God says, take the test. And if you fail it, get saved. Don't just say you prayed a prayer. Don't just say you believe. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruitfulness. And if your basket has the wrong fruit in it, it's because it doesn't have the right root. See, you plant an apple tree and you put that root in the ground, guess what? It's going to bear the fruit of that root. It's apples. Are you bearing the fruit of Jesus? If you're not bearing the fruit of Jesus, you need to get saved today. Now, wherever you are, we're closing. Wherever you are. If you're lost today, you need to get saved. If you say you're saved, but you look at your life, and wherever you are, like I say, you may be in a hole 40 feet deep, but you know you're saved. You know you have repented. But you've gotten over Jesus. You thought you were just going to come in today and then check out, but God's met you. And I'm telling you, God is the restorer. He's not just the redeemer. Psalm 23 says, he restores my soul. That means he finds you in the hole deep and he lifts you out. You don't lift yourself out, he lifts you out. But you must humble yourself before him. So let's pray together right now. I want you to, to be honest with yourself. That takes courage. See where you are. Let me ask you, are you just a natural man or woman? You've done the best you know how. But today, God has broken your heart in his love for you. And you need to be born again. You are sick and tired of going the best you can do. You read that list and you said, wow, what a privileged life in Jesus. If that's you, you pray, oh God, I thank you for your mercy for me. I thank you for your mercy in letting Jesus Christ die on the cross to pay for my sin. And Lord, I am a sinner. I'm rebellious. I'm independent. I get mad when anyone tries to tell me different than my way. But today, Lord, all it's brought in my life is heartache and regret and scars and confusion. And Lord, I need a Savior. And the way I need a Savior is I receive a Lord. You are Lord, Lord. You are God. And I die, just like I'm going to watch in this baptism. I die. I repent. I change my mind about my rebellion and my sin. And I trust Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and empower my life, change my life by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says on the authority of his word, if you'll receive him, he'll change you. He'll make you a new creation. Praise the Lord for salvation today in anyone's life that receives him repenting of their sin. Now, the next person, the spiritual person, that's the person that says, I put my life under the authority of God's word because I'm never going to be over life till I'm under his authority. I receive the Holy Spirit in my life, not just to come in, but to take over. And that's how I'm going to walk, moment by moment, day by day, by the word of God. And come hell or high water in my life, the questions I don't understand, suffering, trouble, when the devil tries, and he's going to keep trying. In fact, he's madder than a hornet right now, and he's going to try in my life to bring me down through trouble, through discouragement, 
But Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're sufficient. And I thank you, you'll continue to work in my life. If I start to come down, you'll prick my heart, open my eyes, and let me see you. And I'll walk by faith. I'll walk by the power of your Holy Spirit. And that's the spiritual man. Let me ask you, if you've lived most of your life, and let me just say, because you have lived most of your life, just like I have, and you want this to be a turning point. You want this to be a watershed in your life. You want to put this down that in October, as we were talking about what we were to be 19 years ago, you said, God, for the rest of my life, for as me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I'm going to stay, Lord, where you saved me to be. You tell God that right now. Father, we praise you. We praise you for new beginnings in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Help each other up. What you're about to witness is what we just prayed. These persons have received Christ, repenting of their sin. They are today confessing to you that they belong to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're confessing to you that they just hadn't asked Jesus to come in. They've asked Jesus to take over. They've repented. They've received. They've died. It's no longer their life. That's what you do dead people. You bury them. And so they're testifying Christ died. They've repented. Christ was buried in a tomb. That's what you do dead people. You bury them. But you didn't stay in the tomb with Jesus. Jesus came out of the tomb on the third day. And they're coming up saying, I live in the resurrection presence and power and preeminence and perspective and peace of Christ to his honor and glory. Let's give these folks a great big hand in advance. <laughs> Philip, tell us about it. You know, a lot of us have grown, in, grown up in different kind of backgrounds and different homes and different churches with different traditions and different experiences. And scripturally, the Bible teaches that baptism is something that you do publicly before people to really just obey what Jesus commanded us to do in Matthew 28. And that was to go into all the world, to make disciples, to teach them everything that I've commanded, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was something that was for a, a devoted follower of Christ, someone that had come to the point, as Pastor Phil just explained, that they've realized their whole life it was about them. They were in control, and there's a point where you realize this condition that I have me being in control means that I am, according to the Bible, spiritually dead. And the only way, as it says in Ephesians 2, that I am doomed because I'm dead in my transgressions, the only way I can be brought from death to life is that I'm spiritually reborn, as this talks about in John 3. And so when I surrender my life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and resurrects my spirit. Just like the Bible says that Jesus, when he died on the cross, it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that he was resurrected. So what this is is a picture of all those that they put their trust in Christ. What they're doing, what we're going to do here is this right here. This is Danielle Ader. And Danielle uh, prayed to receive Christ into her life a couple weeks ago. So that means it's no longer Danielle's life. Her life now belongs to Jesus. And so what she's going to do is here, we're going to, she's going to be baptized and the word baptized means to submerge. She's going to go underwater. And what you're going to see is a picture of her burial that took place when she said, Okay, it's no longer my life. My life now belongs to Christ. I am dead. He now lives in me. 
And just like Jesus, when he died on the cross, three days later, he rose from the grave. And, and, and we have the same ability that through Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, and we have a new life in Christ. So you're going to see this picture of Danielle being buried, as well as those else being baptized. And then as she comes out of the water, it's this picture of a new life in Christ. And that's what the Bible says, is, is to, to do this. It also says in Romans that we're identifying with Christ, uh, life, death, and resurrection as we are buried into baptism as he was um, in Scripture. So, Danielle, since you have given your life to Christ, and it is no longer you, but Christ who lives in you, okay? You stand here identifying with his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's my privilege to get to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Next, we have uh, Jill Sumner, and in the water with her today is her dad, Tom Sumner. Just had hip surgery, so he's coming a little slow. But Jill, the same thing a couple weeks ago. Jill's grown up hearing about Jesus her whole life. We even came to Zoe a couple times when she was growing up, but uh, just with life and things and decisions, realized that the person that's been in control of Jill's life was Jill. And so she came in and went through the scriptures and uh, said, All right, I'm ready for Jesus to, to rule every part of my life. And so Jill stands here today. And so Jill, because you have made that decision, why don't you come over here? If you want, you can grab her other hand. Okay? And Jill, because you have given your life to Christ, identifying with his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, me and your dad, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gotcha. This right here is Mark Dagamarose, and uh, he is grown up his whole life. He lived here a little bit. He's from grew up in Kenya, and from it's an island off the country of Portugal. Uh, Goa. Goa. I always forget that part. But uh, he has been coming for the last couple months, and just uh, you know when you meet people and talk to them, and you just can tell that the Holy Spirit is working on him big time. And that's been going on in Mark's life. He grew up kind of raised in kind of a Catholic background where he heard a lot about God. He learned about his, his need to, to honor God, but uh, was taught that it was by following the sacraments and, and going to Mass and, and taking the Eucharist and trying to do all these things and also hoping that by how he lived his life that that was somehow going to earn favor with God. And as Mark and I 
uh, sat at bread company and just went through the Bible. And what does the Bible teach? What does the Bible say how it's not by works that you can be saved? It is totally by grace. It is a gift from God. If there's something I can do about it, there's no reason for Jesus to have to die on the cross. And we just went from Old Testament to New Testament and what about the Bible said. And he, he was like, why, why, have I, why don't I ever learn this? Or why hasn't this ever been presented to me before? But as we talked about it, and I said, Mark, who's the person? I knew he had a love for God and wanted to honor God, but who is the person that rules your heart? And he knew it was him. And so at Bread Company in Eureka a couple weeks ago, on a Saturday morning, while everybody else was getting bagels, uh, Mark was getting the Holy Spirit as he was surrendering his life to Jesus Christ. So, so Mark, because your life is no longer yours, you now belong to the Lord. You've been born again. Okay, identifying with Christ's life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But it's my privilege to get to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This right here is Dion and her husband, Kevin. And you know what? I don't even know your all's last name. Smith. Smith. Just go with Smith or Jones if you don't know, I guess. But uh, they've just moved up here from Arkansas, and they've been coming to our church for about a month or two. And uh, just this last week, I guess Dion was, Dion was in talking to Pastor Phil. When, when did you give your life to Christ? How old were you? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. But as they were talking, you know, she just said, you know what? I've never been scripturally baptized. And so I just respect you for just going, you know what? I haven't done it. Instead of being afraid of what people are going to think about that, just saying I'm going, as I learn what the Word of God says, I'm going to do it. And that's what we all need to be, is as we learn scripture. You know, we've been talking in Bible studies in here about breakthroughs. Whatever the breakthrough is in your life, you're never too old to have a breakthrough. Probably on our deathbed, we're going to be having breakthroughs. More than we thought. And so, so that's what Dion is here to do today, to say, hey, this is something I have not done. I've given my life to Christ, and so I want to stand here in the water before my husband and before my family and friends and my new church family and say, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I belong to the Lord. Okay? So me and your husband, Kevin, are going to baptize you. Okay? So Dion, because you have given your life to Christ because it doesn't belong to you. Identifying with Christ's life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, your husband Kevin and I, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. on our way out but make sure on your way out you need to do several things first thing if you haven't done it yet you need to give your first fruits to the Lord right that's what the offering boxes are for so do that second make sure 
you put in these applications for uh, what you're going to bring on Anniversary Sunday. Then buy your tickets for the ballet if you want them. Misty's out there. It's the, it's the hiding place for the ballet that night. That should make a huge difference, shouldn't it? It's the hiding place. And that's why my wife's going to be here, okay? It is. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be great. Guys, last word. Wherever you are. Wherever you are when you came in. I hope you settled it that you're going out here. Remember, God is the Redeemer and He's the Restorer. And nothing in your life or my life will ever be greater than Him. And that's the good news we have to go today and this week and to share with others. Amen? Living is victory. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed.